0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Tell Us Running Podcast. This is episode number five. We're gonna talk with you today a little bit about injuries and injury and training. Bum, is that bum, right? Bum. Is that right, Kristen? Yes. I'm here, I'm Steve, and I'm here with my co-host slash partner in crime slash podcast.
1: Dynamic duo. Maybe so, something like that. The muscle, can I be the muscle?
0: You can be the muscle and I'll be the brains. But uh, Switch ri- that maybe.
1: <laughs> which is which, right? Actually, I'll be the muscle and the brains. And what am I just, just fucking... The pretty face. The dude? Oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds like I'm being
0: relegated to lesser and lesser roles as we step through this process. <laughs> anyway, Kristen, we're going to talk about running injuries and training through, training with and the experience of being injured in the context of being a runner. Yeah, um,
1: and trying to look at injury as another part of training and not this big, awful thing, even though it is a big, awful thing, but just trying to change our mindset around what injury is and how we could look at it differently.
0: Yeah, so those of you who have listened to our um, first four podcasts, you know, we've kind of been bouncing around in format, and I think we, you'll find out this week we're also kind of gonna bounce around a, a little bit as we as we hone in, but the same basic concepts will be discussed in terms of training the body and training the mind and training the heart for what the race requires. Um, in this one, we are going to kind of mix them all together at the same time rather than have them in a delineated, um, formatted way. So, um, roll with us. We're still learning and processing and enjoying this process. And hopefully, um, I'm pretty sure this topic is going to be relevant to nearly every single person that runs.
1: Yeah, so we kind of stumbled into this because we've both been dealing with our own issues um with injury. I am currently, I don't know, kind of injured injured. Something. I
0: think we would call you dinged up at this point in that in the in the non technical parlance that I like to use. <laughs>
1: oh boy. Um so I have a back issue that's a result of a traumatic um Injury from my childhood that flares up from time to time and was made worse by um, pushing a another human through my birth canal. Is that too much? <laughs>
0: nope. I think that's pretty good.
1: Anyway, um, and then running 9,200 miles a week.
0: Yeah, that'll do it.
1: That'll do it. So, um, a lot of these, a lot of the things we're going to be talking about today are hours and hours and hours of sort of meditation and thought that i've done with regard to my injury and just really trying to wrap my head around it and come to a place where i could not necessarily treat it as a positive thing right because it's still an injury and it's still preventing me from doing the thing that i love most in the whole wide world um the way that i want to do it but it doesn't serve my highest good to just be bummed out about it all the time. I can't do anything about that. So trying to look at injury as, well, what can I do? And yeah. Steve recently had an injury, kind of injury, dinged up. <laughs> oh no, I was flat
0: out injured. And I, I think that, um, or at least I thought I was, and this, this leads us pretty pretty well into the, the first part of this topic that we wanna discuss. Anytime that we're discussing injuries, um, we need to talk about going to see someone about it. In my opinion, if you have more than three days of pain, then you would be in a condition I would call dinged up or on the edge of injury. And that and that's just to delineate that experience of having aches and pains and issues that flare up. On the fourth day of any pain that I have is when I start to think about it. Now this does not, this precludes traumatic pain, this kind of thing where you got hit or you stepped off a curb and turned your ankle or something where you can pinpoint the moment that you had it. This is that's those sort of things that your Achilles bothering you or your foot is bothering you or your back is bothering you, or your hamstrings bothering you. Once you're into a third day of unmitigated and consistent pain, then in my opinion, you you, you need to go get looked at that fourth and fifth day. And usually will take most runners up. I know, you know, seven days to even 10 days before they'll actually sort of make that commitment to going to see someone. But what I'm, Saying now is be sure that you go to see somebody. Do Um,
1: not be a web MD. MD. Yes. Do not go through the forum on Let's Run. (laughs) And, you know, be very wary
0: of the advice that you get from your training partners as well. Um, This is your experience one on one. And I'm going to relate a story as it pertains to me because I was on a big return to form and trying to get myself into shape this summer um, and gotten myself into a really good spot. But I probably ramped up too quickly, wasn't taking my own advice as a coach and was being a dumb athlete, but in the really worst sense of being a dumb athlete. Um, And I, so I I ramped up my mileage pretty quickly. And I also was adding some quality in there. And my foot started bothering me and I continued to run on it. Um, It was a low grade pain and one that I felt like I could run on the physical therapy clinic that, I like to use called uh, Mondo Sports Therapy. Shout out to the folks over there. Um, they, they, they usually will say if I'm a, if you're below about a three, then you can run on it. And I was definitely for an extended period of time below a three on the pain scale. Um, of course, that also questions everybody's individual pain scales, but. Basically, I knew where I was at. And eventually, I got to a point where it was so painful that I could feel it at night and it was throbbing at night and it was adjusting. I started to feel like I was adjusting my mechanics. And so, basically, I self diagnosed myself and said, I think I have a stress fracture. So, I put myself in a boot, was in a boot for basically about four weeks. Um, And then finally, my foot was still having pain. And I said, You know what? I need to go see my PTs because. There's something else here. I went to go see Peter, and Peter basically laughed me out of the room, shamed me beyond all shame, and said, this is exactly why coaches are terrible coaches for themselves, all of which I did not want to admit, but it was very, very true that I had should have gone to see him immediately and right off the bat because basically I booted myself for four weeks and extended my return to form time um, probably by another four weeks. So I lost basically eight weeks of running time And the injury that I basically had, I could have run on the entire time, assuming I had gone to do PT and had done some basic things on it. I'm now back up and getting my running back up, and I still feel this issue. It's a nerve-related issue in my foot, but it's not the broken foot I thought I had. So all this to basically say, absolutely need to go see someone about your injury, and then you need to follow the protocols and the plans that they have for you. Okay, that's preamble, Kristen. That's sort of the, uh, we've got our, our liability license signed and go see your doctor. And as a coach, this is something I more and more do because it's really easy for me to sit here and be an armchair MD. And it's it doesn't do me or my athletes any good. Um, going to see someone you trust and going to see a sports doctor who understands running injuries and who's not first statement is stop running is probably one of the most important assets you can find in your arsenal of of people who work on you. So if you've listened to me before, you guys know that that's something I preach. So please keep that in mind. So that's the first part. Okay, you go to see your doctor, your doctor says, your doctor or your PT says, hey, you've got some time that you need to take off, and you can't run. So where does that put us next, Kristen?
1: So usually you and your PT, or rather your PT, will come up with a plan Um, for how to um, rehab you and get you back up on your feet and then sort of set up a timeline for what they think um, might be realistic comeback time for you. So whether that's one week, two weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever. um, And then they'll set up a plan for you as far as what coming back looks like. We're not really going to go into that too much here because all injuries are different and we're not really looking to give you guys advice on coming back because we don't know what you're dealing with, but. And you should go
0: see a medical professional who can give you a specific answers to your specific question.
1: Yeah, Um, so definitely do that and have a plan. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but you should see somebody and you should come up with a plan with your PT. I always say PT because I feel like a lot of times, I mean, I'll see a doctor for, other medical issues but unless it's somebody who is a sports doctor I'm not interested really in seeing them for anything related to my running yeah I have a fantastic
0: doctor who's my primary physician who I've seen since 1988 since I was a freshman in college I was one yeah exactly so I think each person's situation is a little bit different so everybody has to deal with that and that's why we're not gonna talk about it anymore (laughs) <laughs> We're going to move on to our next our next topic.
1: Moving on, um I would say probably then the most important thing to do after you've been diagnosed with your injury and you've seen your PT and something that I really struggled with um these past few months is is working on your mindset. Okay, you're injured. You have to take a couple of days to grieve cry, scream, yell, throw things, stay in bed all day, feel sorry for yourself, give yourself a couple of days to process that emotion, those emotions. Um, if you're taking time out of your day to listen to an hour long podcast about running, it's probably not just a form of exercise to you, you probably have a very deep emotional attachment and I think taking a, p- a couple of days to honor that emotional attachment and to allow yourself the space to feel supremely bummed about being injured is okay. Um, so give yourself that couple of days to experience all of those emotions and to just be sad. And um, I think everybody will have a different time frame with that. You know, yeah. Um, some people will
0: want. Um, depending on your injury, your PT may tell you you can continue to run, So you, but you may have to just modify and adjust. Some of you may have to not run at all. So how you adjust your mindset will have a lot to do with what your current situation is and whether you can run through it or you can't run through it, depending on what. And when I say run through it, this is what has been prescribed to you. Um, and, you know, getting yourself – the most important thing, Christian, just to back up what you're saying, is to make sure that the athlete – wraps their head around the actual situation, right? Here you are, you're in this place at this given time, what can you do about it? Rather than spending time bemoaning how you got there, blaming yourself or others for that. um, That's part of that grieving process that happens initially. But once you get through that, you have to sort of say, okay, this is the situation, I am here. What's my next steps? Um, And I think that this is a part of the process that people, I think a lot of times people do not even address the injury and they just keep banging through it. Distance runners are just well known for not taking the time to, because they don't want to take the time emotionally to deal with the fact that this is their life, that this is their emotional way of dealing with their day to day. It's their medicine, it's their therapy, it's so many other things. And so they don't deal with the fact that, hey, you're here, this is the situation. Right, so first of all, we change our mind, we we sulk, we deal, first, we sulk, then we deal, then what do we do?
1: Well, so, in that after sulking, dealing is trying to understand what can I do? Okay, so I can't run, or I can't run the way I want to, or train the way that I'd like to. So what are things? I can do to get closer to my goal. Um, It's like I was talking to Steve earlier and I said looking at your command performance, training is basically you're getting in a car and you're driving to your command performance, right? That's what training is. So now you're injured. The finish line is still the finish line. It's still there. It has not moved. It is not moving. Whether your race changes or whatever, that's not the point. The point is your time goal or your whatever it is you're trying to achieve isn't changing. But how you get there maybe looks a little bit different. So you don't get to get in the sports car and and drive at top speed there. But maybe you hitchhike or crawl or walk or do whatever you have to do. And so I think wrapping your head around other ways to get you closer to your goal is really important. Um, And I think that's what we're going to talk about here today is um, what are those things that we can focus on instead of, oh, I'm injured so I'm just gonna be down for the count until this heals, right right Being proactive about with your injury as opposed to just throwing in the towel and, and waiting until you're you can run again. If you do that, you're so much further away than if you were diligent during your injury and treated it, like training does that make sense yeah you're so much
0: further away physically right from that command performance whether the command performance happens on the timeline you originally had or whether your injury takes you off your timeline you will still find another command performance to have anybody that's listening to our podcast will be still racing eventually Right. right
1: so if your goal like for me my goal is to run an otq so sub 245 well I had planned to do that at CIM, then at Houston. And we're pushing that back, but the goal is still the same. It has not changed. All that's changed is when I get to do it. So what can I do in the meantime to prepare my body and my mind for what that race will require? Um,
0: so first of all, you have to be where you are.
1: Be where you are.
0: In that moment. So that's sort of taking those that first sulk moment, then a recognition of wrapping your brain around the situation and then saying, this is my situation, I am here and I can do this much work based on what I have been prescribed. Um, And many people just then go about doing it. They start doing the steps with that. But we've got some ideas, Kristen, about what folks can do that can be even more proactive and can be, take the idea of having an injury and making your injury your training making the experience of your injury allow you to round out add or in improve other aspects of your general training process because you can't just walk out the front door and go after it and so many people will just stop running then and stop doing anything and we're, we're trying to tell you is this is the best opportunity you're ever gonna get to one of the best opportunities you're gonna have and one of the the great kickstarts to adding new things into your training to help you. And an injury can actually be an ally rather than an enemy if people will look at it that way.
1: Yeah, and I think um, the next most important step to take is to start um, a manual log of your injured days. It's something that I've been doing um, now, granted, I've been able to run while I'm injured, um, just not at the level I want to, so it's a little bit different, but whether that's the case for you or not, um, I think so often as runners, we obsess about our training and we meticulously log every split, every mile, every calorie, every pound we lift. Um, and we we do all of those things and we're very diligent about tracking our training um, in, in our most optimal performance. But when we get injured, it's kind of like, oh, well, fuck it, you know? <laughs> and I think I think if you can focus, it's like we talked about in um, the last episode when we were talking about affirmations, and, and the most powerful tool we have at our disposal is this one deeply felt wish, right? So your one deeply felt wish might be a bq or whatever continue to hold on to that and and log everything about what you're doing to get you closer to that deeply felt wish so you're able to have a record of what here here's what i'm doing to get there right so Start a log. I recently started bullet journaling. (laughs) I'm laughing because I feel really dorky about it, but it's really helped me um, sort of organize my thoughts and my life and my training. And I started a habit tracker in it, and I'm able to say, okay, well, you know, today I didn't do my PT or I didn't do my prehab, I didn't do banded walks before my run, you know, and I think. A lot of times we expect ourselves to perform like sub elite athletes without giving our body the respect that it demands to perform at that level. And so by logging all of these steps, write, write out your schedule, whatever that is in this log and keep track of it, keep track of the things that you're doing, um, during these injured days so that you can see, okay, I can't control my injury, but here is what I can control. Because probably as runners, we're all control freaks, huh?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to repeat, you said it really quickly, but it's bullet journaling for anybody out there who is interested in the technique that Kristen is using. Um, It's a pretty cool technique. But yes, I think here's the thing. I always ask my athletes right before their big races to go back and look at their training log, right? Right. When I have an athlete who's been injured, a lot of times I'll tell them, did you keep a log while you were injured? And they'll say, you know, before their next big race. And if they say yes, then I'm like, go back and look at that because there's going to be some real insights in that journal that are going to, or in that experience, that will take away some of those nerves you might feel otherwise. Because there's nothing like standing on a start, there's nothing like being injured and wanting to be on a starting line to remind you of how much how grateful you should be about having a starting line because it's as soon as you get hurt, all you can do is think about the starting line you want to be on. And that's not something people are always thinking in the last two weeks prior to their big races. They're nervous and, and, and freaked out. So keeping a record and having a record that you can go back to, not only is it useful in the moment, but it's also useful later on as you go back and mark the commitment that you made to the command performance that you have. Because if you've done this work, and you've documented that you've done the work it's now it's now with you right and and what will happen in this process is that you will find that number 1 you you'll get a, you'll get hopefully attached to the process of logging in a different way than just using your strava to help you log because the problem with logging on strava it's hard for people to go back and look at they don't always go back and look at the moments they'll I see frequently with people Strava that they they make jokes about what's going on in their training but and that's great but how often do they go back and look at that and say look at the other work that I did in that experience and it's a lot easier if people have a written journal so having a written journal that indicates it allows you to go back to that and and touch base with that and and then it might help you as you're healthy to have adopted this new technique and this new habit that can be very very impactful
1: yeah and in the last episode, we talked about um the power of affirmations. And I think in sort of the more if you're more skeptical like I am, this is, I think, another way, you know, manually logging your training and your injured days is another way of practicing affirmations, and that it forces you to be mindful um, and to approach every single entry with intention. Um, I sound like a yoga teacher, and I'm really sorry. <laughs> But I I really think there's something there in that you're having to account for your time and not just quickly type out some things on a computer or allow your watch to sync it for you where you don't have to look at it and you don't have to be accountable for it. You're approaching your training with a certain level of mindfulness that I think in this day and age we are not forced to come face-to-face with very often because everything is done on a computer on blue screen where, oh shit, I got a text, so let me, it popped up in the corner, let me go check that out where it's interrupting me from logging on my phone. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I've i been
0: preaching this for a very long time that there's real magic and real power in words written by your own hands and your own, your own handwriting. The, that complex, tactile, movement kind of stimulates the mind a lot more effectively than typing does. Um, and you know it, it I think it I think there's proof and there's science that backs up that there's it'll activate multiple regions in your brain um, at the same time and get you working cross ways in ways that just typing doesn't and using a computer doesn't. And there's an art form to it too, Kristen. I mean I picked up your bullet journal the other day I didn't look in it, of course. God forbid, Are you look in somebody's mm-hmm. journal, right? No, but it's beautiful. I mean, it is. It's a a It's it's a work of your own art. That's a factor of your own life, right? Yeah, it's a part I, of your own life, and it's a piece of art. But it's anyway. It's, it's, we're going it, off topic, perhaps. And but. and if you're
1: not the artistic type, I certainly am not. Um, I think it's just, if nothing else, it's five ten minutes a day to just have some quiet. To write out and reflect on what you're doing in your athletic journey. Right? It's just some quiet space that you're carving out of every day to give to give mention to this journey you're on with your body and you're running. And I think that is invaluable in so many ways. Yeah, and
0: when you are injured, you don't get credit for that stuff on Strava, right? I mean, you don't. If you are doing foot drills, or you are doing um, one of the exercises I had to do was have a towel out in front of me and do towel scrunches. I am not gonna get credit, quote unquote. I am putting air quotes for all you geek-a-meters it's, uh, out it's there. It's called kudos, Steve. <laughs> well, you don't get. Well, you don't even get to get those because you're, they're not an activity that that Strava basically indicates as more important. Or if you are doing that, you are doing a lot of extra work. I don't know, I don't even know enough about Strava to know if that information gets on there. But doing it this way, you get to be able to reflect on the work that you did and see it in a way that's really, as we said, impactful. So that's start a manual log um, and go through the things that you're doing on your injured days, even if you are running. And I think that just by itself, that little addition can be really, really impactful.
1: Yeah, so you're going to start a log and then in that log, you're going to, however you want to, map out things that you can do to put you closer to your end goal so my end goal sub 245 what can i do while i'm injured that is or isn't running right that can get me closer to that goal so i can't go out and do workouts right now at sub six minute pace i just can't do it um i'd love to there's nothing i can do about that but what i can do is um i can focus on strength training i can focus on yoga i could aqua jog which i would never do i guess i would if i had to um but it's an option out there (laughs) Mm -hmm. i can learn different agility drills work on prehab and rehab swimming get on the bike what are the things that you can do to improve your fitness that perhaps you don't have time to do while you're running a full a full training load Figure out what those things are. And and again, every injury is different. Maybe you have a really traumatic injury that won't allow you to put any weight on your leg at all. Or whatever that is, that's okay. But what are the other physical elements of training you could work on to get you closer to your goal? Um, I've been working on a lot of strength training and yoga. Um, My body spends hours and hours and hours a day. Um, I mean, I typically run about 14 miles a day and I am constantly in the same position. I sleep in the same position, I run in the same position, I sit and walk in the same position. And so I'm not spending any, I realized I'm not spending any time balancing that out with any other movements. And yoga has been really helpful to me. Oh my God, I feel like such a dork, but it, it's something I've been able to focus on um, that is still a physical activity, but also can benefit my running for many, many years if I continue to do it.
0: I've had many athletes who maybe will choose to because they're in they can get in the pool and they can swim. And uh, you know, Austin is a a hotbed of triathlon, and so folks will use. Maybe they they could ride a bike or they were decent on a bike, but they had never done anything with swimming. Well, this gave them and afforded them maybe eight weeks to focus on swimming, to take some mechanics lessons and learn how to swim with proper swim form and learn how to kick instead of just using their arms. These folks now use swimming as an ongoing part of their week-to-week training process. Um, They get aerobic development benefits from doing swimming, and now their volume, maybe they were at 60 or 70 miles a week in their run training, now they can still do their run training and still get aerobic benefit out of their swim training, and they've found some more balance in their life giving them other things to do. So that's the other benefit. If your mindset is correct on this, and you don't just throw all of your fitness to the wolves and just leave it alone you have an opportunity to even find new activities that you may enjoy um, if some people can't stand swimming maybe they can get um on a bike and and cycle or they can uh, uh focus on other acti- like you finding yoga and doing yoga more consistently uh these aspects are cross training right they're not the actual run training that you're doing but they're pieces that you're going to be able to dovetail in to your training and add on to your normal training as you go through the rotting process. And especially with strength training and any other PT exercises you do, these are things that you should be continuously doing forever. When anybody has issues where their glutes aren't firing, folks should always be doing the kinds of activities and exercises that are that they do in that they do to rehabilitate themselves. They're, they're now, part of your ongoing strength training regimen, or it should be. Because guess what? If you have a tendency towards a thing, it's very likely that's going to rear its ugly head and come back at you. Unless it's a specific traumatic injury, um, it's very likely that whatever your the biomechanical issues that are causing your initial injury, they're likely to come back if you're not being really focused on the preventative maintenance stuff that has to be done, which is typically the rehab stuff becomes your prehab or your ongoing strength training. So here is another example where getting hurt can or having an injury can actually dovetail and be a positive in your running because now you're able to get stronger and faster and handle more because you're in a much better position and you should be utilizing these new activities that, you, that you've that you implemented in your program. And if you don't look at that and view that as a positive mindset and you see that as a positive, you you may never get there. So that's one of the reasons why we're so adamant about this.
1: Yeah. And I'm just going to pop in here real quick and say, because I am on the injured side of running at the moment, it still doesn't take, I, I feel like sometimes when people say, well, look, look on the bright side or see the silver lining. We're not saying you don't still get to feel sad about injury. It still sucks. Just maybe try and look at it as a reset button. Um, for ways that you can be better. I just want to say that again because I hate when people tell me, well, on the bright side, or if it makes you feel any better, well, guess what? It doesn't fucking make me feel any better, but there are things that we can do that do make us feel better in the long run. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I
0: don't even think you broke in there. I think you were succinctly Tying up my rambling discussion on that topic.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, you have to be reined in sometimes. Okay, so you got a log. You're figuring out ways that you can get closer to your goal. Um, I've got one more thing to say about that. Go ahead. Your PT should be giving you
0: exercise. Should be giving you exercises we just talked about, but they also probably will be giving you other activities that you can do that won't irritate or upset your injury. And so that's important to take that into consideration. But you also are a volitional creature who can make your own choices and do whatever you want to. So if you decided that you wanted to get into rock climbing or you decided that you wanted to get into rowing, there's any myriad of other activities that could give you a great opportunity to take the time and energy that you were utilizing for that and, and put it into spaces that you may have had an interest in, but you never want to find the time and energy to do it because running was fulfilling that, uh, that for you. So just double check those activities with your PT to be sure that they're okay for you to do. But, it's a great opportunity for you to look at other activities that you can take part in.
1: Yeah, because you still want that endorphin rush from the actual exercise itself. But also, if your end goal is running, you want to stay strong and fit and healthy in other ways. So, cross training can help you with that. Um, another way that you can get closer to your goal, so say you can't do much of anything physical or you can really, this is relevant to either scenario is use this time to work on your mental training. Um, something that has helped me emotionally and mentally process where I am in running is working on mental training, whether that's meditation, visualizations, affirmations, practicing mindfulness, journaling, um, Work on mental training always, but definitely use your injured days to really hone in on on mental training.
0: Yeah, I mean, we one of the essential and most important pieces of mental your mental training sort of process is asking yourself what you want. There's no greater or better time to ask yourself what you want when you can't do the activity that you want to do. And so, this is a great time for you to work on a statement of purpose, a great time for you to um, dial in on all the different attributes and maybe work on the things that you aren't so good at because you've got a little extra time. This is, or to just read the books or read the, get as much information as you possibly can about the way the brain processes your running activity and what steps you can take to use your mind to be an ally and to be an asset um... there are so many different ways in this podcast over the coming months and years we hope to provide you with a ongoing library of activities that you can do and utilize for mental training but there's also right now so many great resources out there do some homework and do some research get on uh... youtube and do and, and do some research on um, visualization techniques. If you've got an interest in the way the body works, here's another thing. Uh, one of the mental training tools you can do is learning more about how your body actually works and what's going on with your body while you're running to help you adjust your efforts, to help you understand what's going on from an exercise physiology standpoint. What's your curiosities? What are your lacks? What do you miss out on? What do you not know? Mental training is not just this process of lifting barbells with your brain. It's being curious and being activated and being aware of your surroundings, what your body is doing its surroundings. And if you work on some of these things, I mean, meditation by itself is such a valuable tool that raises your running up to another level. Um, Getting an experience of doing that process when you wouldn't be doing that 75-minute run or 60-minute run, getting in a 20-minute or 30-minute meditation prior to getting in the pool, or it, it's such a wonderful opportunity to take this downtime and turn it into new activity and work on working on pieces that you really have needed to work on for a long time, and and that you might not have found the time to do so. So that's this whole episode, Kristen, in a nutshell, is continuously utilizing and looking for opportunity out of this. Enforced break that you're having to take.
1: Yeah, um something really really ridiculous that I did before my last marathon um, was it was CIM and someone on YouTube had posted um, a GoPro video of their entire of the entire race course and I watched 16 hours. <laughs> it was four hours long, I think. Yeah,
0: you're a freak.
1: I watched it four times and I knew that course. Never, I've never been to Sacramento. I've never, I've never seen the course, I've never been on it, but for this YouTube video. And I watched it over and over and over and over again. And while I was running or while I was meditating or while I was um, in the gym, I would visualize myself at the last mile or if I knew, a hill was at mile 13, I'd finish, I'd visualize myself on the hill, or if um, uh, maybe I did some research into the tangents, <laughs> and I visualize myself running the tangents and just put myself through every aspect of that course mentally. And I think you can do that with a lot of things. Um, you can do that with courses, you can do that with just a run in your neighborhood, visualize yourself on a really hard route and how your body might um, feel and and work on, on those hills. And and I think you'll find that when you're actually there, maybe it seems a little bit easier or like your mind can can battle it out easier than just a blind run. Yeah, absolutely. That's really dorky, I'm sorry, but. No, it's really cool. Steve Steve goes into the magic woo-woo and I go into the let's talk about tangents. (laughs) Yep. Well,
0: I think that most of the other thing that's really, really important is this entire process of being injured is a mental training tool because you're working on resilience. You're working on how much you want it. Just getting through the injury by itself is a mental training tool by itself. So I'm not, I want to make sure that's clear as well, that understanding your process as long as you continue to as long as after this injury you get back out on the road and you run you've gotten some mental training benefit out of that injury um what we're asking for is saying let's take it to the next level like make it even more and get more out of it and track it so that you can go back later and look at it and see where it's at so kristen we're going to shift gears here now and move into the topic that um of injury that is the the fear and bane of nearly every single runner that I've ever met. Let's talk a little bit about nutrition. Oh boy! In this new nu- in this process of being injured and how someone might want to deal with this ongoing battle that we have with our bodies and food and and you know that's this is a big fear that many many people have. It's one of the reasons why people run the way that they do run is because their bodies have sort of fallen into this um, caloric need slash use. Cycle where they've got a metabolism set at a certain point, and there's a certain need for them to follow to get this kind of work in and to get this benefit. What are what are ways that athletes who are dinged up or taking a break that they can get they can get a a a better relationship or have a healthier relationship with the experience of eating and their food choices and how that all works, so that they come out of it um, stronger, faster, and more prepared for the next load of training that they'll be doing after they come out of this injury.
1: Yeah, you might kind of be asking the wrong uh, neurotic psychotic <laughs> person. You're the perfect person
0: <laughs> to ask because you've been dealing with, you know what I'll do, I'll just sit around and eat rice, I'll make more Rice Krispie treats and eat them. But you, you, you wrestle with this. I think you're the exact person to ask because you've had to come to and recognize and find some way to balance because you were at a training load that was really high and yet now you're not going to be able to carry that same load for a little while and so you've got to adjust so talk a little bit about how that adjustment works and how that adjustment plays into number one this overall mindset and the just being injured part of the whole puzzle anyway
1: yeah so um i think there are probably six different podcast episodes where we could break this down but (laughs) and we're not uh, nutritionists right we'll do it anyway (laughs) but but a quick a quick overview for sort of what i'm doing i'm a big fan um obviously of logging everything but specifically nutrition and i don't mean those stupid apps where you count your calories i feel like that can be way more detrimental than beneficial um but just simply writing down and again being accountable for what it is you're putting into your body so the next step in this process would be using your injured days to dial in your nutrition um, and really wrapping your brain around what it is your body needs and what it best responds to so um, I recently found out that I was having some issues with dairy and gluten and as um first world and white as that sounds it is uh but it's still a reality for me and so i've been learning um other ways that i can take in calories and things that i can put in my body that that it responds well to that optimizes training that helps with recovery so um some things you can figure out are do you sleep better after a big dinner or a light dinner um does your is your body best served by a big breakfast or no breakfast? Um, I've been playing around with intermittent fasting. You guys can read about that on your own time. Um, it's really just trying to figure out your body and listening to it. Um, you don't need to go online and read a bunch of shit that maybe isn't relevant to you. Maybe maybe you're like Steve and you can eat whatever you want and it doesn't affect your performance, but maybe you've been having some issues and turns out sugar is what is making you crash at the end of the day or at the end of a workout. Um, you, can, you can play around with those things. Maybe you see a nutritionist. Um, maybe you just figure it out on your own, but I, I'm a big fan of logging what it is you're putting into your body and, and writing out how you feel and how you felt throughout the day, um, how your body responded. And you can get down to the nitty gritty, like talking about bowel movements, like (laughs) we runners like to do, um, or just how you felt from from an energy standpoint.
0: Right, we're not utilizing this time to tell you the prescriptive answers to nutrition questions. It's more, again, here's another, leaf that you can turn over, another page that you can turn in your own running journey and your own running experience that you probably have a little more time and energy to focus towards. I mean, we basically do need to recognize and remember to everyone that there is a basic absolute rule of nutrition, which is calories come in and calories go out. And if those aren't aligned, then you will find yourself on a weight gaining process, right?
1: Yeah. And I think one of the worst things that you can do when you're injured is to just, again, have that fuck it mentality of, well, I'm here, I'm injured, so I'm going to go ahead and eat whatever I want, right? Um, but on the, on the flip side of that, you also don't want to get into this negative mind space with food, which I can sometimes be guilty of, um, where you say, well, I'm not able to run, and I'm not able to burn the calories um, that I did before, so I'm going to restrict those to a detrimental point, because that will affect your training weeks, months down the road. And you don't want to come back to training with any sort of nutrient deficiency that could injure you further, right? So you want to continue to treat your body as like what it is, which is a machine. It is a it is something that needs to continue to be respected, whether you're running or not. So, continue to treat it like a runner's body even when you're not able to run.
0: I actually think it's a better, it's a great opportunity to work on eating much more consistently with whole foods and switching away from processed sugars to fruit sugars and natural sugars. This is a great opportunity to do that. In my experience, when I got hurt this last time, um, two things I had significantly limited the amount of alcohol I was drinking. I had been drinking a lot of the India pale ale at <laughs> 350 plus calories per per serving um, and having many of them. And um, in my process of coming back, I, I wasn't drinking. And so I didn't, when I came back, I had lost, I had all that weight loss that I had originally gained in my, when I through the running process and limiting my drinking when I didn't drink anymore, I immediately was able to come back and I was, back at full volume, or I'm not quite at full volume, but I was able to very quickly get myself into a position where I could get some significant miles in because I didn't have that extra 15, 20 pounds that I had been carrying before, and my the rest of my body was treated so much better in my return. My foot really didn't care one way or another, but my calves and my Achilles, and you know, I'd taken four to five weeks of not running at all. I had a lot of work to do to get that soft tissue ready, but the fact that I hadn't fallen off the wagon and I hadn't chosen really really poor food choices i was eating really a whole lot better in my food choices so all of that is a, an indication and a, a a way of showing that it also will make it much easier for you to return to running if you've been diligent and taken care of it um, and again here's another piece of that mindset where you've decided all right i've got i've had to make a change i've enforced in enforced act thing is Limiting your ability to do the thing that you love to do, taking that, turning it, and shifting it to focus on something that can help you be better after you return from your running is one of the ways that you can come back and look at your injured period of time as a benefit rather than um, an, a, a, as, as it being the end of the world.
1: Yeah, you're going, the, the moral of the story here is that you're going to lose some fitness or some time on your feet or both. But how do you minimize that loss is really what this is about trying to minimize that loss is going to put you so much closer to your goal than just throwing in the towel or just sitting on your ass and waiting until you feel better. Um, on that note, so you're working on nutrition. Oh, also, Play around with recipes, it's what I've been doing. (laughs) Um, So you've done those things. Now you need to, well, we talked about this a little bit in the beginning, but you're making a plan to come back. Um, Ideally, you do this, or not ideally, just fucking do this with your PT, right? Don't try to do this on your own. Don't wing it. Don't wing it. (laughs) Um, So your PT has given you a plan to come back um, and work on this with your PT and with your coach. So you're looking at, um, you want to assess your fitness. How many miles can you run? Do you have to walk? Um, What does that look like? How many days a week do you get to run? Um, Make a plan for coming back. When do you begin to be able to meet with your running group and consider
0: doing interval training or tempo runs or how does your long run Scope out. So, through this process, you can actually be thinking about what your return will look like and begin to to get all the resources you need in order to have a plan of attack ready. You talk to your PT, you talk to your coach, or if you're self-coached, you make it yourself. There's a few rules of thumb that are there for everybody that people know. I I, I think if you've been more than three weeks off, you probably need to think about kind of going back to brass tacks and and really taking a long, a really longer and more more thoughtful and considered way back. Um, If you've only had to been out out less than three weeks, you're probably pretty okay to break that 10% rule and move yourself up and jump up. Of course, that's everybody's in a case-by-case basis with that. I don't want to make too many descriptive terms on how people do that, except to say, make the plan, But make because what will happen to you when you return from your injury, if you just reinsert yourself back in, you're going to want to ramp up too quickly. You're going to want to listen to what your friends are doing or your training partners are doing and you'll get you'll get suckered into doing more fast work, longer work, harder work than you need to and it can do one of two things one it could re- bring you back to an injured state. But secondarily, what it can also do is put you in a position of overtraining really quickly. So even if you don't hurt yourself, you could get to the point where you start grinding. And then when you're really back two, three, four weeks in, you may have set yourself up to instead of by coming back too fast, you can quickly, I see so much overtraining happening with people who return um, from an injury because it's not really the mileage ramp that Is So important. It's that they add quality at the same time. So keep that in mind and have a plan and don't get suckered into somebody else's plan for you Um, Stick to it follow it especially for the first two to three to four weeks back Have a plan of attack that you know will work that's been approved by a PT and a coach to help you get there
1: yeah, so with that plan um, obviously you want to You want to identify how you got injured in the first place and how you can keep that from happening so We won't go into that because it's different for all of us, but definitely identify what that is and then create this plan and write a schedule for one, how you're going to come back and two, how you're going to incorporate all of the things we've talked about today, um, strength training, um, stretching, yoga, meditation, how you can schedule out and incorporate all of those things into this sort of comeback plan um, so that you can avoid injury in the future. Um, Having that all lined up and ready to go upon your return is so beneficial to staying healthy. Yeah, I
0: mean, knowing and keeping in your mind why you got hurt is so critical, Kristen, Um, because that needs to be part now of your prehab because anything that got you into a position of injury um sometimes here's this here's this sad sorry state of affairs that happens with injuries. Sometimes the one that you just came back from is the secondary or tertiary injury, not the original issue. And so sometimes with runners being the way that we are, we will compensate and one compensatory injury will create a secondary compensatory injury which create a tertiary or a third compensatory injury and I've heard I've talked to my PT Peter about this many times how folks will walk them they will get the third issue dealt with but the second issue will come back and so Every Not to depress everyone, but just to say this is a long ongoing process and you want to make sure that if you can continue to do all the work that you did with your PT before, all the work that you did to get yourself back to being 100% healthy, that stuff needs to be that stuff needs to be folded into your strength training and your overall run plan. And then the other stuff that you did from a rehab standpoint, whether it was aqua jogging or swimming or rock climbing or other things, then you just keep the ones that have worked for you and benefited from you. And you dovetail those into what you're doing on a training perspective. And then you try to find that right and appropriate balance for you where you can line all these things up, get in all the work that you need to get done. Um, but you're hopefully have learned some new skills and that you've you're i have so many people who come back from an injury and they want to continue to do some of the activities that they did while they were doing it whether it's rowing or and it's, it's so good and now you'll be able to balance that in with the volume that you're looking at carrying from a running perspective
1: yeah so all that to say um be accountable. Be accountable to yourself. Be accountable to your running. Be accountable to your goal and let this time and let this injury be a test of your resolve. And you, when you go out and you train, you are bringing that warrior attitude to training, to each rep, to each mile, but you should also be bringing it to your recovery and your rest and treating your body like the warrior it is in every step that it takes because like we said earlier the finish line hasn't changed it's still there just keep that in your mind's eye as you're as you're recovering as you're getting stronger and getting back to doing what it is you love most
0: yeah i wrote a fantastic book a couple of years ago called by ryan holiday called the The obstacle is the way um it's written sort of from a stoic per- perspective but it goes into many different discussions about this but I do think an injured a time of being injured really is um, a time where people look at that as an obstacle as this terrible horrible thing that happened to them that 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 is that's just gonna screw up and ruin everything in their lives instead you can reframe that and look at it as a pathway to getting what you want and it's a learning process to getting what you want and the resiliency and the toughness and the resolve that you implement from b- taking advantage of this time off and looking at his injury as training um, will re- really totally reframe and re- ass- help you reassess the way that you look at this downtime. Of course, we're not asking you to go out and get hurt. Um, and many of these techniques that we're just describing are ones that you can utilize while you are healthy, of course. Um, But we want you to consider a reframing of this injury process and not looking at it so much as the end of the world, but as an opportunity to learn more, grow more, be tougher, and be this warrior, as Kristen was saying. So we'll leave you with that. Hopefully this was helpful and useful for you. We'd love to hear your feedback, positive and negative, anything that you have to share with us about this podcast. Um, And if you like us, you could give us a like on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you've got any insights or feedback and you want to reach out to us, you can reach me at sisson, S-I-S-S-O-N, at telosrunning.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.